What's up, everyone? My name is Coach Cody Smith, and this is the Create Yourself Podcast. This is your favorite source to receive simple, sustainable, evidence-supported fitness information around training, nutrition, mindset, and weekly inspiration. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for spending some time with me today and taking information from me that you can apply to your life to achieve any goal that you want. This podcast was made to provide free information to listeners who want to expand in their mind, progress in their life, and change their body for the better. This podcast is called the Create Yourself Podcast for a reason. And that reason is because I believe that anyone at any time can create themselves. Now, let's get into today's episode and let's grow together. And welcome back to the show today, you guys. Today was a real treat. I actually got to interview uh, Coach Ben Zwong. Coach Ben, I kind of stumbled upon him as I was looking for different things to use with uh, my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu athletes that I train. And I was just looking for different opportunities to like or or different options to give them. And and Coach Ben, I actually was kind of startled because he was a lot like me in so many different ways. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt. He owns a martial arts school, or actually he owns several academies. I own one. He owns a strength conditioning facility. So do I. It's just the similarities were intense and super crazy. And I just knew that I had to have a conversation with him. And uh, the conversation was amazing. You guys are going to really enjoy it. We jumped into a bunch of different things. We jumped into juggling, like multiple businesses, fitness, uh, different variations of clients that we work with, how to... (laughs) how to manage being a martial artist and a trainer, and then more importantly, just managing your time and being more successful. You guys are going to get tons of value for this from this, and I'm just so excited for you to listen. Now, do me a favor before we jump into the show today. As always, the way that we grow this podcast is by getting the word out about it and by getting more people to the show. The way that we do that is from you, our listeners, sharing and, and telling friends about this show. So if you could do me a favor, I want you to go ahead and take a screenshot with your phone. I want you to post it on your Instagram story and tag both Coach Ben and I in it. He is at Coach BZ on Instagram, and I have actually updated my name, and I am now at Coach Cody. If you didn't know, we've changed some things inside of my strength and conditioning gym, and uh, I'm super excited for these changes because now the the handcuffs are off, and we're, we're, we're going to move to grow and, and, and expand in a, an amazing way. Um, so again, take that screenshot on your phone, tag both Coach Ben and I in it, and then uh, without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring them on, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, you guys, we are in for an absolute treat today. I have my friend uh, Coach Ben Zwong on today. How are you today, Ben? I'm good, Cody. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So uh, glad we could finally connect and, and tie this thing down and get on here and talk a little bit. Uh, like I said before we started the show, I was blown away by all the similarities that uh, both you and I have. Jiu-Jitsu, strength conditioning. You said you own a jiu-jitsu school and a fitness gym. I mean, that's literally me, uh, but in a different person. So um, I'd love for my listeners to know a little bit more about you. Like, what's your background? Who, like, who is Coach Ben in a nutshell? Um, well, I, I uh, started personal training um, in like 2002, 2003, and um, I slowly transitioned into being a strength conditioning coach. Um, and not shortly after I started training uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, and, and I wasn't very serious about Jiu Jitsu at first. You know, I was training two, two, three times a week. I still had to work a lot. Right. Um, and, and I, you know, just 
eventually I, I got to blue belt and, um, you know, that was my first goal, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to get to blue belt. And then, uh, that's it for me for jujitsu. You know, I've done it, you know, and, and I think a lot of people feel that. Um, and then, you know, I, I moved to Florida and when I came back, I picked up jujitsu again. I uh, trained under uh, professor Sean Williams and, uh, he, he kind of gave me this, uh, different perspective. And, uh, it was the first time I ever learned jujitsu, um, from, from an American. Um, and, and, you know, I had instructors in the past that were great, you know, they were Brazilian. Um, but you know, there was just something about professor Sean's, uh, teaching that I tied it in with strength conditioning and personal training because he would always give these like external cues. And I was like, man, you know, I finally understand some of these, uh, you know, like, like how to pass the guard, right. You know, when I was blue belt, I didn't really know like a system for passing the guard, you know, it was mm -hmm. just like throw the legs here and then we're past the guard. And then he finally described like, you know, you, you, you know, you put, put your hand on the hip and, and, you know, the concept is to, is to block their hip and, uh, you know, you get past the legs and he, he, just the way he described it, um, that kind of jived, um, my strength conditioning and jujitsu together. Um, and that, that's really what, what kind of started me off in this path. Um, and, and, you know, you say, uh, Cody, that, that you, you, we're, we're very similar. We have the same kind of, I thought I was the only person in the world that was like me actually. And, and recently I've met people that were like me too, you know, just, just as you say, yeah. strength conditioning coach, uh, jujitsu, you're, you're a purple belt, right? Correct. So you're, you're pretty high level jujitsu, uh, your strength conditioning coach, you, um, you know, you, you, you own an academy, you know, I, I thought this was like, super rare, but, um, there was like two other people recently that I met that was like this. So, uh, yeah. uh, I guess it's, it's becoming common, you know? Um, and I think that's what makes maybe me and you more unique is that we have, um, we have different perspectives, um, in both of the, of the fields, right? So when I, when I teach jujitsu, I kind of can use my, my strength conditioning background and help jujitsu practitioners like my students and certain athletes that I train, um, just based on, you know, certain concepts, right? So, so like, I, I know a lot about strength conditioning. I know how um, it can apply to jujitsu. And then it goes the other way too, you know, certain leverages and biomechanics um, from strength conditioning, I can apply when doing jujitsu, you know, so, something like that. Um, so anyway, back to me, uh, you know, in, in like 2009, I worked for a UFC gym and uh, that was like kind of the, the, the bridge between the two, the two things, you know, I was teaching jujitsu there and I was, uh, a, a coach at UFC gym. And then, uh, you know, I, I just kind of continued that path. I, I've worked at every single commercial gym. You know, I'm, I'm like the crustiest trainer in the world. I've worked <laughs> at every gym, name a gym I've worked at, you know? Uh, so, um, long story short, eventually I, I got into teaching and uh, I became a, a, a professor at, at, a, at a vocational college and, um, continued my jujitsu journey, you know, kept, kept just trying to level up, kept training. Uh, I was eventually, uh, given the opportunity to teach at, at a Gracie Baja. Um, and, uh, just, just throughout the years, I just kept moving from, um, the, the different jobs that I had in strength conditioning and just continued training at my gym. And, uh, there was a point in 2015 where I decided, uh, to, to open my own gym. Um, and, and that's just, uh, that's just where I'm at now. You know, it's about four, I think it's about five years in now that I've opened my, my gym, my first gym. And, uh, you know, uh, shortly after partnered with another friend of mine, one of my Brown belts opened up uh, a second gym. Uh, I had a, a fitness boot camp style. I, I call it a boot camp, but it's really more of like a strength conditioning 
in my in my original jujitsu gym, um, and uh, it just grew too big, and and I had to get it out of there, and so that became a separate business. You know, so that that's that's where I'm at now. You know, I'm a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I've been black belt for uh, about four years now, so I'm I'm close to the second degree. I don't know if you uh, followed the IBJJF kind of way of what is promotion. like every three years or something like that. Yeah, it's three years. Every three years, you get a a, a stripe or a degree, and mm-hmm. um, after the second degree, you you're kind of uh, you're kind of independent now. Now mm-hmm. now you're 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 your own black belt, I guess. So you can promote other uh, black belts. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the dude, the similarities are insane. And so I I originally started off uh, MMA fighting. I did amateur MMA for a little bit. Um, like five or six years, had some success, um, got into the, I actually originally started as like, I guess you could say I was primarily like just CrossFit, like just the CrossFit coach. Uh, and then my journey through that and then getting into like reading literature and research, I kind of learned that maybe there's more outside of strength conditioning than just, you know, the, the CrossFit box per se. But then this led me down this path of like deep dive into to training and the fitness and stuff like that. <clears throat> Ultimately with the end result of like, I want to give my clients the best possible prescription inside of every workout. Right. And then this led me back to where like, okay, well now I've got all this knowledge and strength conditioning and I've trained myself. Um, what am I going to do with all this kind of bored when I'm not, you know, literally just chasing some new knowledge inside of strength conditioning. And uh, probably about a year and a half ago, I was like, well, I don't have time to go to any other martial arts studio. I'm just going to open my own. I was a blue belt four stripe at the time. <laughs> no idea what I was doing. Um, so now it's just the endless, the endless juggling of like, I want to be really good at both. Um, how do you balance the time? So uh, I'd love some insights on how you are able to balance continuing yourself as a strength conditioning coach, because uh, I actually just listened, listened to an interview you did uh, probably about a year or so ago where you were talking about like how often like new research and new literature is reading out or uh, coming out like almost yearly, right? How do right. you, what's the secret to continuing to progress yourself? as uh, both a jiu-jitsu black belt and a strength conditioning coach simultaneously. Got it, man. That's a, so that this is something that I, I, I knew you were going to ask me cause I, I struggle with this all <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah, and, and the first thing I think um, it is important to understand is that you're never going to be at the, you know, you're never going to be the top uh, of everything. You can't have it all, you know, you can't. Um, so, so there's a lot of facets, facets here, right? So you, you I'm primarily a jujitsu coach and, and a business owner. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a top level competitor. You know, I do compete, uh, you know, in the master's division, I'm 35. Um, and I, and I, and I, you know, I, I roll like every day, you know, I, any chance I can, I, I, I roll, I live train, but you have to understand that in jujitsu, in order to be at the top, you know, I'm talking about the people that are winning the IBJJF worlds, ADCC, um, to be that good skill wise in jujitsu, you, you cannot have, a, uh, a second career or even another hobby, you know, mm-hmm. that's just the truth. Um, so that's the first thing is to accept that your, your skill level, your, um, your rolling ability is just, it's, it's gonna, it can be high. You know, I, I think my rolling level is very high, but you know, I, I've, I've rolled with Buchecha, you know, I've rolled with Gordon, you know, these guys would, 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 would kill me and they do kill me. They have killed me. So, um, and you know, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's two things. It's, 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 uh, it makes me mad because I'm like, man, I, I train hard, you know, but, but these guys train hard Yeah, you know, they, they train four times a day, three times a day. Um, and then the other part of me is, uh, 
you know, it's motivated. So I'm like, wow, the, the ceiling is so high. There's so much room for improvement. And um, I'm always about being like a generalist. You know, I, I like to, I like to be good at a few things and then stack them together. You know, I think uh, Scott Adams, he's author of Dilbert, he talks about skill stacking, mm-hmm. and that's something that I'm really good at is stacking skills and using practical uh, things that I can teach to my students uh, with those skills. You know, so I, I really don't coach like the the one percenters. You know, my my students. Um, you know, they're, they're primarily uh, all like hobbyists that are just, you know, older guys are trying to get into something health, you know, some, some, some type of fitness activity. Mm-hmm. I do train athletes. I do have athletes there in the UFC uh, that are at very high levels of jujitsu and I work with them separately on a one-on-one basis. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was the first thing. Just, you can't, you can't have it all. You can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. You know, so so first of all, I accept that. Uh, you know, if a, if a if a high level competitor comes in, I'm in for a rough day. You know, on the mats anyway. Totally. Um, that doesn't mean though that that your the other aspect of jujitsu, which is your knowledge, so your coaching ability, your your understanding of the sport, your understanding of leverages, of moves, of techniques, can't be at a very high level. You know, do you know who John Danaher is? Very familiar, yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure you do. So yeah. he doesn't train, right? He doesn't roll, right? So he, he obviously isn't at the level uh, skill-wise as his competitors that he trains, like Gordon, like Gary Tone, and like those guys. But his knowledge is way beyond them, you know? So, so you, can, you can be very, very good at one aspect of the sport, be a very good coach, um, my time has passed for being a, a, a competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, that's the first thing that's, that's, that's just within jujitsu, you know, within jujitsu, you have to accept that. Um, now I do have another career. I am ha- a strength conditioning coach for, for several UFC fighters. Um, I, I, I train jujitsu athletes, not to mention, I have to work out myself to make it look like I, I, you know, belong here. Right. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's the other thing is, is, is the, the two aspect, two facets of strength and conditioning. You know, can you look the part, which is, I think is, is somewhat important. Um, and then can you keep up with the research? And um, the answer to that is, you know, I, I put so much time and effort into uh, research and, and knowledge in the past that um, I've kind of put myself a little ahead of the curb curve, you know, thank God. Yep. Um, and then, and then, you know, now it's starting to catch up with me because it's been like, five years or so where um, I haven't been, you know, reading the journals meticulously and, uh, you know, going to these websites that, that are more for like evidence-based geeks like me. Um, And so, uh, yeah, it it does catch up. You can't have it all. So right now I'm very, I think I'm pretty cutting edge when it comes to like analyzing jujitsu. And, um, you know, I I know exactly what the high level guys are doing and and how to kind of teach and replicate it. Um, But for strength conditioning, I, I know in the last five years, you know, certain things in, in, in strength conditioning and nutrition have kind of moved around, you know, like, uh, like I know energy systems, for example, it's like the friggin', uh, you know, it's like the stone ages with, with strength conditioning when it comes to energy systems and MMA, right? right? Have you ever trained or went to an MMA gym and seen how the fighters uh, do their energy systems training or, or even their strength conditioning? It's, it's some weird stuff out there. So, um, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm a little ahead of the curve. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, I can, I can, you know, I'm, I can fix that up and, and uh, I can still uh, be useful. Um, but yes, you, you the, the short answer for, for your question is how do I keep up with everything? 
is you just you're just constantly bad it's a constant battle man it's you're not going to be there's too many things and i'm just talking about two things right. i'm just talking about strength conditioning and the, the fitness world and, and jujitsu and, and, and that, you know, I'm not even talking about MMA and other combat sports. And, you know, I, I do judo also. Right. So, so I have to keep up with judo trends and the judo rules and, you know, uh, jujitsu, they change the rules all the time, you know, so it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the best advice I can say is, is just take what you're good at and be ahead of 80% of the people out there at what you do and then combine those skills together and you will, that will make you a, a, a top coach, you know, right. cause there's nobody out there that is high level jujitsu. I mean, not nobody, there's, there's a handful of people. I just identified them. Nah. Um, high level jujitsu, good strength conditioning coach. You know, I, I also help uh, athletes with weight cutting. So I'm like a one-stop shop when it comes to those things. But mm -hmm. at the same time, if you want to be like, the, the one percenter, right? You want to be at the very, 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 very top. Then I tell you to go to John Danaher. I tell you to right. go to, um, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you want to focus on your strength conditioning, where, where you, you need somebody to like hold your hand the whole time. I would tell you to go to Joe DeFranco. You know, I tell you to go, go to these guys that are like special specialists, you know, John Danaher probably does not know anything else except jujitsu. <laughs> you know, that's the guy you want uh, you know, coaching you if, if, if you're that serious, you know, and, um, you know, if you, if you can't get to him, you can't afford him, you know, it's not up your alley, then, then you can come to me and I'll get you to, to as high as I can. And then I will send you to a specialist, uh, at a certain point, you know, and these are only for the 1%. These are for the, the, the people that are trying to get to the top, top level of, of sport, you know? Right. And so, so I've always tried yeah. to, I've always tried to balance them, right? Like, uh, you know, one of my clients asked me the other day, they're like, you know, coach, you run the jujitsu side and you coach us, you you run group sessions, you got one-on-one -on -one, small groups and you put out content and you record video. Like, how are you managing employees and all these things? And um, the only thing I really had for them was like, I'm very deliberate with my practice. So uh, for me personally, I do an hour of like strength and conditioning study um, per day throughout the weekdays. And then um, a lot of training. And then like, fortunately enough for me, uh, I've got a fantastic team that runs my jujitsu studio and I've got a black belt that I'm able to learn from. And uh, as far as like jujitsu is concerned, I'm a lot like you, like I don't even compete anymore. I've done the MMA and the, <clears throat> the jujitsu thing for a long period of time. For me, jujitsu has become really like a meditative thing because with all of that chaos, there's all this stuff going on. There's all these things that need to be attended to and fires that need to be put out. And, and you know, this as an entrepreneur, but <clears throat> for, Really, for me, I'm not personally trying to be the best at jujitsu. Um, I am literally just doing it for like my mental health, I guess you could say. And then I'm just very deliberate with um, my strength and conditioning study because I know that, you know, with kids and all these things that I juggle, the, the best that I can do is just be very deliberate inside of my practice. And I find that that works really, really well for me. And not being caught up in the minutia of like, hey, I, I don't, just like you said, like, I don't want to be a one percenter. Uh, I want to be more like a case man, uh, like a case manager. Like I can help you with this and that, but if you need something highly specialized, then I'm going to farm you out to somebody that can do better than me. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. That's, that's yeah. exactly what I do. There's a, there's a guy in town, um, Eric Ramey. He's one of the best leg lock, no gi coaches out there. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I, I, I have my athletes that, that, you know, want to go to the top. Right. And then I send it, send them to him and he, mm -hmm. he coaches them along the way. And I, we, we kind of share clients that way. Um, and, and I think, uh, you 
know, that's something you got to get. I mean, I'm sure you already do, but you, you yeah. just got to get used to uh, if there's a coach out there that that kind of uh, you know thinks that they can do everything themselves. It's just not going to happen. You know, there's right. just I, I would I would have already gone insane if I had to deal with uh, the the top athletes that I train. You know, they they have to have their team. They have to have the people that take care of them. You know, on a 24 hour type basis that um, is specialized in what they do. You know, I'm, I'm more like a manager, you know, I, I have been, uh, be, become like a manager to most of my athlete clients in the sense that, you know, when they need work, so I'm, I'm mostly their primary strength conditioning coach. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, that's for sure. Me. Okay. There's, there's not many people out there. I will say that if there's one thing that I'm better than most people at in, in the world, that's being a strength conditioning coach, you know, um, uh, being a jujitsu coach, I, I know jujitsu coaches better than me in my area. You know, that's just true. Right. Know, they just, they, they study it all day. Uh, there's a guy in the gi out here in Brea that, that Dan, he's, uh, he's genius, you know, genius probably has some autism just like me. You know, once we get into a certain thing that we like, we just go down that rabbit hole. And, you know, for me, it's strength conditioning. You know, I, I don't really deliberately take an hour like you do, um, mm to, to study every day. But, you know, I have so many things that just pop up randomly, you know, like, like, uh, that's why I still keep Facebook, you know, Facebook occasionally you'll see like 10 of my friends share, uh, like, like a new research study, right. I got to read that one now. Right. Because now everybody's talking about it. You know, I kind of let the things filter themselves out. Am I on the cutting edge there? Um, no, not anymore because, uh, I, I feel like when you learn enough about strength conditioning, things aren't going to take like a 180 degree turn, you know, like uh, an example would be uh, just, just in like the hypertrophy world, right. You're, you're, you're gaining muscle, right. People always used to say certain things about how to gain muscle. Right. And now we kind of have established, um, you know, the primary driver is, is volume, right. You need to, you need to lift, uh, you need to hit the muscle groups at least twice a week, right. This is, this is just something that's been established. And, and I don't think that's going to change too much, you know, kind of like the research is validating a lot of the, the, the stuff that bodybuilders have done, you know, anecdotally over the years, right? So when something does change, it's never like a, like a huge change, right? It's never like a boom. Now, now it's, we got to do things completely different. Um, and so that, that's helped me keep kind of, you know, still be useful, be, be somewhat cutting edge compared to like, say a person that doesn't even care about the research right so right right that that helps me out and um yeah as far as consuming research goes it's it's uh yeah i don't have a set regiment i mean there's certain certain books that that will come out and you know i'll, I'll read them if they're from people there that i consider highly uh expertise in a, in a certain field right um and that's it you know love it man uh, you said something briefly uh, as you were kind of talking about like how you balance both and you said something like uh, combat sports athletes. If you go inside, cause I mean, obviously when I was in my MMA time, I was so privileged to be around just really high level uh, MMA guys. Um, Brandon Vera used to come and train in Virginia beach was with his, uh, his first ever MMA coach. I was around him a great deal. Um, other guys like uh, Antoine Britt who fought for strike force for a little bit. So I was around these guys that were doing it at a high level and there, and then the same with the boxing world, there was a couple of professional boxers that um, worked out out of my MMA school. But just like you said, they're kind of, we're stuck in the stone age. I mean, we had a boxer that his cardio consisted of hitting the bag and running for hours and hours and hours. And in my head, my strength and conditioning brain is like, 
he's totally neglecting any energy system that's going to benefit him in his fight. Um, why do you think that is? Because, I mean, I could take it a, a level deeper. And um, there is such a small majority of, of jiu-jitsu practice, practitioners that are outside of the, the elite 1% that actually think that strength conditioning is important. Um, why do you think that whole, that whole stigma is around? I mean, I guess you could say it's probably changing because there's more strength conditioning guys like you and myself that are out there saying like, hey, guys, like this is important. We need to pay attention to this. But where do you think that stigma kind of comes from that like being uh, being well trained in your energy systems and being strong and explosive is worthwhile? Why do you say why do you think that is? Um, yeah, there's I, I think the the strength conditioning side is catching up. Most of my students, um, maybe because they're my students, they, they kind of understand what I do. But yeah. um, at least most of my students, they, they, they know they have to do some sort of resistance training. You know, they, they, they know this, they, they don't, may not have the time, they might not have the, the want or the energy, um, but they know this, you know, I, I tell them all the time, you know, this is, you, you got to get in there and you got to lift weights. Um, now, you know, lifting weights really is just, uh, strength training is, is really just like a, something that I would say is good for injury prevention and, and mm -hmm. to increase your performance. No doubt. That's a whole nother, there's a whole nother aspect of, of, you know, strength conditioning, which is conditioning. Okay. Nobody, nobody does conditioning when it comes to, uh, uh, unless you're at the, again, the highest level, the one right. percenters, none of my students do conditioning like for jujitsu, you know, their conditioning is jujitsu, you know, there sometimes their strength is jujitsu, you know, their right. strength and conditioning is their jujitsu training. And that's, you know, it's, it's probably not the best idea in the long run because you know you're you're going to get overuse injuries you're going to you know you're, you're probably not going to get too much stronger because there's just no way to work on like maximal strength for example um in, in doing jujitsu it's just it's very hard you're, you're primarily doing like upper body isometrics and then you're, you're you know there's some some isometric leg work that you're doing like for for, for the whole night so um yeah the, when it comes to strength conditioning i, I just think people um, don't have the time to be honest, they, they don't have the time. They don't have the, the access. You know, if you're paying for a jujitsu gym, you're paying, you know, 200 bucks in my gym. Um, are you going to be able to go to a, a good strength conditioning gym? You know, you, you maybe just get 24 hour fitness membership, you know, mm -hmm. and then you hit the, hit the sauna once in a while, or you, you do a couple curls, you know, that's just not most people, they don't have the education to know what's up. Okay. And then if you add the conditioning side, the energy systems, that's just, that's no, nobody does this. You know, they, they might go for a run once in a while. They might go for a hike, you know, then, you know, even me, I'm slightly kind of behind when it comes to energy systems. You know, I, I primarily see energy systems as two things, right. Anaerobic, aerobic, right. Mm -hmm. Over a minute, aerobic, under a minute, anaerobic. Right. Um, but I know there's more facets to it. You know, there's aerobic power, there's anaerobic threshold. There's these things that I even need to train, but I have just enough of an understanding of kind of how sports transfer works that I don't need to go into the super, uh, you know, complex, right? So uh, here's an example, right? When, when you're, uh, for, let's just give you an example for uh, for energy systems for 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 uh, conditioning, right? So for jujitsu, right? Jujitsu primarily is a is an aerobic sport, assuming the rounds are like five minutes or, or 10 minutes, right? You're, you're consistently using your, your aerobic system and you should be using uh, it as much as you can. You know, aerobic power is super important. Um, 
but there are times where you're going to need to use your anaerobic system. It needs to contribute into this equation. So you can't just do aerobic conditioning. You can't just do long distance cardio. You need to train your aerobic system at its highest pace before it turns over to be anaerobic. And then you also need to train your anaerobic system when something happens like a scramble or a wrestling exchange or a uh, you're really going hard on a submission, right? You're, you're, you're pushing the, 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 the energy there. So um, yeah, this is stuff that, you know, I, I know enough about it that I can train people to do it. Um, but for somebody to, to understand all that and apply it to jujitsu and put in the effort to do it, I mean, I don't see it happening. Right, <laughs> it's, right. it's too much. It's too much for them. You know, right. um, I don't know one MMA athlete that actually knows anything about strength conditioning um, to the level of, say, uh, just a, a, a basic coach. You know, even my knowledge on, on strength conditioning, which is pretty general. You know, there's no MMA athletes that, that know that much. You know, they, they can't. They, there's no time. They have to train four different, you know, uh, arts. And then they need to lift weights. They need to do conditioning. They need to, you know, maybe have another job. But there's no way. There's not enough time. So I think it's, a, it's an issue of time and also education. And I think over time, people will, will, will uh, eventually come to realize that this is at least Lifting weights, resistance training is, is absolutely necessary. And, and some form of uh, aerobic conditioning is, is necessary, right? Because you're, you're really getting no, you know, aerobic-based training whatsoever in jiu-jitsu, right? Like, I mean, unless your warm-up is like 45 minutes and it's <laughs> running, right, where right. do you get you, where do you build your aerobic base, right? You, you don't. There's people that come in off the street, they're 39 years old. And they, they train jujitsu and that's the only exercise they do. And they're gassed after the first round of sparring and they're that way for the next three years, you know, and that's just, yeah. that's because they'd never built their aerobic base, you know? So, um, one example I think is important is, you know, Marcelo Garcia, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He's a person that's never lifted weights and he's kind of shunned lifting weights and, and, and any kind of conditioning or, or, uh, uh strength training. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure about this. This is not something that I'm, you know, can have full confidence in, but his career was short. You know, he, he, he retired earlier than most people. I mean, look at Andre Galvao. Right? Look at him. He just won ADCC, uh, the one they, the super fight. He's, he's what, he, he's gotta be pushing 40. He, he's gonna be, I think he's 38 or, or 40, something like that. Right. Yeah. Marcelo, Marcelo was done in his, in mid, in his mid thirties, you know, his early, I think mid, early mid thirties, he, he was done. So, um, th- does that have anything lifting weights? Well, I don't know, but look at Andre and then look at Marcelo, right? One of them has the body, right? The other is, uh, you know, it doesn't look like they lift at all. And yeah. one of them's career is going and the other is, is retired. Right. So, so just, you know, an anecdote. You know, one of the, one of the stigmas that I actually picked up off of uh, some of the professional boxers were like, you know, I don't want to do resistance training. <laughs> because it's going to make me slow or I don't want to lift weights because I'm going to get injured or it, it was always these things that, uh, Oh, that's another thing that that's, that's yeah. like another can of worms, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. now you're talking about tradition. Now you're talking right. about stigmas. Now you're talking about, you know, yeah, I've had to deal with this. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've trained boxers who were at the professional level and uh, their coaches would tell me, well, no, 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 don't do this tricep extension. It's going to get, you know, he's going to get slow. I'm like, 
you can't talk to these guys about this. Right, it's like, right. what, what are you going to tell them? You like, provide me the evidence that they're, they're going to say, look, I've been doing this for 50 years. What are you going to appeal to tradition, appeal to, you know, experts, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, you can't talk them out of it. And that's the case. Um, man, I don't know what to tell you. You got to just, uh, you got to be okay with losing a client at that point. <laughs> yeah, it was always a tough conversation because I'm like, you know, you said something before <clears throat> in, a, in a show when I was, uh, I like to vet my guests before I have them on. That way I at least kind of have a grasp of who they are and stuff like that. And um, you said something about uh, a guy who you had seen doing like basic bodybuilding training inside of his like video. And, and you're 100% correct in that. Um, I remember watching like the all UFC, the old like UFC all access and they're like, doing the craziest, most insane things, but 90% sure that that's going to be just for the camera to get the audience happy and excited about the fight. But it yeah. also leads the question, like, is it though? Like, cause you never really know unless you're in that particular fight camp. I know some of the MMA guys that I would see train that did it at a high level. It was a lot of bodybuilding stuff. And although some of it has its place based off of like, like you said, injury prevention and stuff like that. Um, I think the, the, the real question is, like, could a jiu-jitsu practitioner who does want to pursue some sort of competitive side, could they be better if they did, like, a more well-thought-out um, scientific approach where we know is supported by evidence for all people instead of this one really jacked MMA fighter who did, <clears throat> you know, bench pressing and, you know, certain other bodybuild movements and did really, really well. It's always a question, like, could they be better? Yeah, I, I'm almost certain that in the perfect scenario – if they had a thought out program written by a real coach that assessed them properly, got, you know, got their goals down, saw the areas of opportunities that they needed. There's no, I don't see any way other than luck that it wouldn't be beneficial. I mean, it has to be beneficial. Now I have kind of, I know what, what a podcast episode you're talking about, yeah. who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Gordon Ryan. Right. Um, and, and uh, so I, I do, you know, these are things that, that I do learn over the years. I do want to unwind that a little bit because yeah. um, I feel like I, I gave him a little bit uh, uh, harsh criticism, but you know, I, I've, I, I thought about it a little more over the years. And, and um, so, so I'll, I'll just tell the listeners what, what I was talking about. Um, I criticized Gordon's workout because it was basically like an endless circuit of bodybuilding exercises. It was just a continuous, it was like, you know, he, he would do, he would do like lunges and then he would go to like pull-ups and curls. It was, it was this endless circuit of, of things. Right. And is it, is it the best use of your time? Probably not. Um, but then I, I kind of started over the years thinking about, you know, well, why is he so good then? What, what, what is something has to be working? Is it luck? Is it, you know, is it PEDs? Is it something, what's going on here? And, and what I've come to realize is that a lot of these guys that don't know what they're doing, they, they kind of accidentally do the right thing. Right. So, so with, with this case with Gordon, what I've come to realize is that he, he, he was doing all these things in a circuit, you know, resting very little doing like four sets of 20. What he was doing is he was increasing his muscular endurance to a very, very, very high level, like to the mm -hmm. point where, to the point where um, that's his style. Now, you know, he just wears guys out with, with, good technique and endurance you know he doesn't he's not an explosive guy you know just by the way he lifts he, he's, he's not going to be an explosive guy you know but at the same time when you're technically that much better than somebody when you're biomechanically moving around somebody and putting yourself in positions where you're always in leveraged positions what is the one thing that you need to sustain this it's endurance right so he has this endless muscular endurance um that 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 has helped him 
you know, and, and I don't see him as a super strong guy. You know, he's not like a, like a, you know, Lucas Barbosa or something mm-hmm. Hulk, you know, but at the same time, his lifting translates into his jujitsu and it kind of works out, you know? Um, and was that luck? Maybe was it, was it, you know, was it planned? I doubt it. I've seen his workout video. Um, and, and, and I know Gordon, so, you know, I can talk about him. Um, yeah. he, 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 he's definitely the greatest of all time. Uh, no gi wise, at least he's headed toward that way. Right. And so for me to say, Oh, his lifting regime sucks. It's not right. You know, I, I think, I think I would, I'd much rather say, um, he did what he needed to do um, and it has benefited him and he has become who he's become, you know, um, would it have been better if we structured it and took the time to, to plan it out and, you know, train things in a, in like a periodized way, maybe, but we don't know. So, yeah. So, you know, you talked a little bit about structure. Uh, you know, like I said before, I work with a lot of jujitsu athletes with their strength conditioning mostly hobbyists who have competitive aspirations and stuff like that. So nobody at a high level necessarily yet, but for me, I have a particular way that I like to structure it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm like, okay, you know, you've got a jujitsu practitioner does well at local competition, looking, looking to, to break it into the next level. What are some particular principles that you put inside of their training? Is it like, you know, you know, X amount of pools, a lot of isometric training, um, are there, you know, carries, unilateral work? Like, what are some principles that you would definitely throw in um, to like a combat sports, uh, combat sport athletes like regiment? Specific to jujitsu? Uh, jujitsu, MMA. We can kind of expand on both of those if you'd like. Okay, so um, so the difference between jujitsu and like say MMA or wrestling mm-hmm. to me is that jujitsu there's much less of a of a power um, right. aspect. So I'm not gonna program, you know, like a whole, you know, four weeks of power, for example. I just don't think that's, maybe I would, if there would, there was other things that would be of benefit, right? Like certain times I, I like to program things like plyometrics, um, which improve power, but it's Mm -hmm. mainly, you know, it's, it's, uh, absorbing force, right? So, so like examples, I, I program a lot of plyometrics in the beginning of some of my athletes workouts, not to, 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 work on, you know, jumping ability or plyometrics, but I want them to learn how to absorb force. And so, um, this is just a theory of mine, but Mm -hmm. if you can absorb force through, uh, you know, axial load and things like that, then maybe you can take a a joint lock better, or you can, your, your posture will be better, you know, something like that. It's just Mm -hmm. a theory of mine. Um, as far as uh, uh, programming, like for, for a jujitsu athlete or combat sports, that's the, that's the first like separation is power, the, the power in, in MMA is, is much higher. You're starting on the feet, you know, any, any sport that starts on the feet is going to have a power component in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, jiu-jitsu, sometimes you, you don't even start. I mean, you do start on the feet, but you instantly hit the ground, you know? So, so as soon as you hit the ground, the, the, the power aspect is kind of out and it's more of a um, like, like it, it's more of like endurance and a strength component. So um it really depends. It's it's hard for me to answer this question if I don't have the specific athlete. Um, but the first thing I always think about, let's just say for jujitsu, right? For the first thing I think about for jujitsu is um, I never make the strength conditioning uh, kind of take over the jujitsu. Meaning the jujitsu is still the most important. You know, the said principle is still going to apply. You know, yeah. you, you want to spend most of your time on the mats training jujitsu, and strength conditioning is supplementary 
um, especially when you're when you're in season and in jujitsu, there's no season, so everything is in season. You know, um, I would say a two day a week uh, strength conditioning uh, regime would be would be decent, plus a day of specific conditioning. Um, that's what I usually do with with the people that are like hobbyists. They mm-hmm. they just they don't have that much time either. You know, so so two days a week of lifting, one day of say aerobic base training or aerobic power training or even anaerobic um, conditioning type training. Um, that's what I would do. Um, specifics. I mean, there's so many things that that are in my head right now about jujitsu. Yeah, um, yeah, totally, and, totally. And, and like, if you just look at my Instagram, right, my my Instagram at Coach PZ, uh, you'll you'll see like certain ideas that I have. Like, uh, like the one I just posted was uh, uh, I've been starting to use chains um, and and bands for accommodating resistance because I feel that um, especially when it comes to jujitsu. It's, there's a lot of accommodating resistance, right? As you pull your elbow closer to your to your ribs, you, you know the person that's going to be resisting harder, right? As you mm-hmm. them harder, they're going to be resisting harder, right? So that's that's where bands and chains come into place. Um, I think I'll, I'll try to keep it simple so I don't go off the rails here. But uh, grip strength and core strength is everything in jujitsu, and that's funny because there's a guy that used to say, if you want to get stronger, work on your grip strength and your core strength. And that was Pavel. You know, yeah. Pavel used to say that. He used to say, if you want to get stronger, work on those two things. And funny enough, in jiu-jitsu, it's all about those things. If your core is weak, your jiu-jitsu is going to suffer. I tell, I promise you this. If you do not have the ability to, um, well, I guess we can start there. The first thing you need to have in jujitsu is the ability to connect your lower and your upper body. This is everything, you know, the, the, the hollow body position is everything. You know, if you cannot connect your lower and upper body together and you're on your back, you have no guard. Okay. Try, try to relax, try to uh, extend your spine, you know, extend your spine when you're laying in a supine position on the back and try to play guard. You know, I'll pass your guard in two seconds because you have no, you have no connection. You have no uh, hollow body. You cannot spin off your back. You know, the second I throw your leg down, it'll, it'll weigh a hundred more pounds because you, you don't have the core strength to lift it back up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one thing that I noticed, uh, that, which is for everything, you know, it's for injuries too. People always get low back injuries and, you know, they invert and they, they play guard and oh, my low back hurts. You know, why? Your core does not have the strength to support what you're doing here. You know, so, so I, I take core training, um, there. And when I say core, I'm, I'm talking about like the torso, right? I'm talking about the neck to the, to the pelvis, you know, the, the, that's what I consider core, you right. know, obviously primarily it's abdominals, right? It's obliques, it's uh, spinal rectors. That's, that's what I'm primary, but I consider the, the chest, the neck part of the core, you know, the, that's the part you need to train. Um, when I talk about the hollow body position or um, being able to uh, connect your lower and body, lower body and upper body, I am talking mainly about the, the abdominals, you know, and, and, you know, like dead bugs, um, I, I try to do this in, in my class. I try to have students do the hollow body in class, do dead bugs, do uh, reverse crunches, um, you know, uh, you know, anti-rotations. These are, these are, I think the, the foundation of any jujitsu training program revolves around the core. Now the grip, um, the grip is, I think best trained in a, uh, in like a, in, in uh, I'm not sure how to explain this. Maybe you, you, you would, um, when you hold it and, and you're, you're, you're kind of moving, you know, like farmer carries, mm-hmm. like a, like a trap bar 
farmer carry, like a suitcase carry, um, like a, uh, uh, you know, you know, like a, like a towel pull up, like a towel inverted row, those types of grip exercises, grip endurance. So grip strength endurance, I think is the term there is, I mean, this has been researched. There's studies on yeah. this is the most important thing for, uh, the separation between like hobbyist and elite, right? The elite competitors had this level of grip strength endurance that was way higher than the hobbyist. And that's what differentiated them. And if that's the case, then, you know, there's, there's, there's where we can connect evidence and, and practical. And, you know, so that's, that's what I do. You know, I'm going to be heading out uh, in like two hours to muscle farm to train a few jujitsu athletes and, you know, farmer carries with the fat grips and, uh, you know, using towels to do inverted rows. That's, that's like the, the foundation of, of some of our training, you know, so grip core, um, obviously you want to, you want to hit all the primary movements, right? The basic movements, you need to be able to hip hinge. You need to be able to extend your hips. You need to do push pull, you know, uh, axial loading. You need, you need, uh, you know, hip thrusts. I'm big on hip thrusts. Mm -hmm. You know, I just did, I just did four sets of 20 hip thrusts like Friday, still feeling it. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So, um, I'm not big on high, uh, or, or sorry, uh, uh, heavy resistance when it comes to jujitsu, because I, I don't feel that is necessary. And I also feel that it can screw up your energy systems a little bit where you start going for like all out moves and things like that. And that, that really never happens in jujitsu. Um, you really rarely see like an all out blitz, you know, you, you see a lot of like, cause it's a long match, you know, 10 minutes, you, you go all out once, that'll be it. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. um, hopefully that answers some of your questions. No, you know, totally. I, totally. Yeah. So, uh, and that's something that, um, I got interviewed, uh, some good friends of mine, uh, the guys over at this, uh, they, they run an episode, a podcast called the elbows type podcast. They asked me that question and it really kind of like for me, stirred up some thoughts in my head of like, you know, what is important for a jujitsu practitioner? Like, you know, a lot of the ones that I know have like achy shoulders and elbows and hips. So like, you know, for me, like heavy barbell loading is probably not something I'm going to do with them a lot. I'm going to utilize yeah. a lot of dumbbells, a lot of kettlebells. Um, just like you, I love carries. Carries are great for, I mean, how many times have you been in a match and you just get this, you know, horrible pump in your forearm from having a whole every day, from, basically every day, right? Um, I, I, I tend to like two to one for, uh, most upper body days for rowing, but uh, a lot, like you said, I tend to take my jujitsu guys all dependent. Cause I mean, how many times in training is the, the answer? It depends. Right. Cause there's like, there's yeah. always the context. Right. So depending on like how often they're training, um, two to three days is usually perfect. Full body, a lot of pulling, a lot of carry. Gotta be a lot full of, body. Oh gosh, Gotta be full right? body. You can't, you yeah. can't be doing yeah you can't be doing body part splits and you mentioned right. something really important too um you know i was talking about a perfectly healthy person yeah <laughs> you know right. if you have injuries now i mean yeah what you described about the heavy barbell i i usually have people stay away from barbells unless it's uh something in which they can hold in their hand uh, uh like uh below below their their uh waist you know right. so i don't i don't load like front squat like i can't do front squat. you gotta be kidding me right i've had, I've had elbow surgery my wrist doesn't bend certain ways. Um, you know, even bench press, you know, even a heavy loaded bench press. If I, if I do like three sets of six, you know, I'm, my, my shoulders will be jacked for a couple of weeks. You know, I, I just don't, there's certain exercises that I think jujitsu or most combat sports athletes 
just need to stay away from. Um, and, and those are mainly like Olympic lifts. Um, they just don't have the mobility to do it and mm -hmm. keep it. You know, it's just, it's very difficult and you're teaching them a skill that they need to retain. Um, I, I usually stay away from Olympic lifts. Um, like you said, heavy barbell lifts, I stay away from. Um, but, but for the most part, um, yeah, it, it just depends. You know, there's so many things that going through my head right now about what, what I personally need as a jujitsu athlete right. and what other people need. Like one thing that I'm big on is, is framing, right? You know, framing is everything, you know, in jujitsu. And so what happens when you frame a lot, you end up getting these crazy tight triceps. And so stretching your triceps is important, you know, preaching, preaching. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I think, I think something that might come out, um, soon that, that I think jujitsu athletes, uh, should, should look into is, is like, is like mace work and like the, the club bells type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, I feel like just, there's, there's something where you're, where you're moving your, your, your scapula in all, you know, six, six, eight movements and, and you're, and you're, and you're able to kind of move your elbows in, in, in that, in that way that, that has some, some benefit. You know, I, yeah. I'm not, I don't have my, I don't have any evidence on that, but right. You know. Right. So, uh, so following up on that a little bit, um, so we talked about like just kind of the basic like skeleton of like how you would you would run like a uh, we'll just stay on jujitsu being that we talked yeah. a lot about that. Um, so we talked about like the basic skeleton of like how you would approach it. How about daily? Like, is there certain principles that like daily? Okay, you're running through, you know, a jujitsu practitioner who is perfectly healthy, and you know they're coming in Monday for their first training of the week. Like, you know, what does that look like? I mean, from from warm up to mobility before or after to some sort of strength training um, into conditioning, like what, like what are your particular like A B C D um, through the, like the daily session? What would that look like for you? You're talking just, about just for uh, strength training. conditioning for strength, yeah, conditioning, for strength conditioning session. For the day. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so for first first of all, I would say um, in a day there's a lot of time, right? So mm -hmm. so there's if you're just talking about the hour of strength conditioning, then I can, I can tell you that. Yeah. However long they're in the gym with okay. you for that day. I would say most of my clients have some sort of, uh, I don't want to call it homework, but it's basically just some, some at home stuff that I want them to do. Right. And it, to me, if it's important, um, and it does, it, it's a low, uh, it's not a very taxing thing. If it's important, it's not very taxing. You should do it every day. You mm -hmm. know, like, like, uh, um, you do you know the like the cars and the things like that the shoulder cars yeah, yeah 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 shoulder cars hip cars you know these are things the frc you know morning routine there, there's things i want them to do throughout the day that's going to help them um you know i have a lot of students who, who sit at a desk right and i tell them look get up do some hip circles you know do some some, some thoracic rotations you know th these it starts you know before they hit the gym right um but when they hit the gym um, so a, a common session for me would be, um, so they come in, I usually have them do some, some light, you know, treadmill work or some, some airdyne or some, uh, skier mm -hmm. just, just to get the, you know, just get the body warm, the blood on, uh, also allows me to finish whatever I'm doing and get over to them. You know, I'm usually working with other, other clients. Yeah. Um, it kind of sets the tone. I ask them how they're feeling. What's up, what's up today? What are you doing? Um, how, how, how you you know, how, how was the last workout, anything sore, any injuries. And then we, um, we go through a dynamic warm up, movement preparation type of routine that is pretty set. You know, I, I've kind of developed my uh, movement prep, five exercises, band work if necessary, you know, some, some lateral band work. 
Um, and that is pretty much the, the, the warm up there. Um, and then depending on what they need, what they are, what they are working on, I will uh, transition then to kind of like the, the primary exercises, right? Um, uh, also before that, if they, you know, have any tight areas, I'll foam roll it, maybe static stretch it if it's uh, really tight, something like that. Um, and then we'll, 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 it just depends, you know, there's so many goals, right? So I'll just talk about an athlete that I'm training um, today, actually. So she's, uh, she's going to be in a jiu-jitsu tournament uh, in two weeks, uh, Nogi Worlds, and she needs to lose uh, about five pounds. Okay, so, so now we're in a situation where I don't want to put on uh, muscle mass. So I'm staying mm -hmm. away from, you know, high, uh, uh, like, like, like high uh, volume type of, not really staying away from high volume, staying away from like the eight to 12 range, like the hypertrophy uh, range, stuff like that. So I, I have her doing, I have her doing primarily a, a circuit today, you know, like, uh, we'll do, we'll do about, uh, three exercise circuit. We'll do, um, uh, 20, 20 to 25 reps, you know, working on muscular endurance. I just wanted to sweat. I wanted to burn calories, you know, um, and, you know, we'll do something like, uh, you know, the exercises they're, they're really dependent on, on many things. Um, whatever we did last time, uh, so an example would be like, we'll do Romanian deadlift. We'll do a, uh, like, like a, like a push up, push up to plank, you know, type of move. And then we'll do like a, like a kettlebell row, you know, something like that. Right. That would be like a, like a circuit, you know, and this mm -hmm. is only specific to this particular competitor because of her goal. You know, it's, it's hard for me to give you a, a, a program with, without a, without like a specific goal. So I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll, we'll go through that. Um, I, I like to pick the exercises that, that will have some benefit or transfer to jujitsu. So again, if you look at my Instagram page, um, you know, there's a lot of things there. Um, how you pick the exercises, I think is very important. You know, you don't want to do like um, three exercises that hit the same muscle group, for example, you know, if, if, if your goal is uh, to, to, to kind of do a full body workout, right? Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to hit the quads, you know, eight times if I have three different three exercise circuits, you know, right. you got to spread things out, you know, and, and really um, the, the way I do it is I just separate everything into like seven or eight categories. You know, it's like push, pull, uh, rotation, uh, lunge, squat, hinge, you know, and as long as I'm hitting most of those movements, I know that I'm at least staying within the parameters that I've set. You know, I don't really use muscle groups too much anymore. I don't know if, you know, strength conditioning coaches usually don't anymore. Right. So it's, it's, uh, you know, but, but I have, I have kind of gone back on that a little bit when it comes to certain, uh, uh, like, uh, exercises in which you want to isolate a muscle group, right. Or single joint exercises. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think we swung a little too far as strength conditioning coaches toward the compound exercises. And, um, you know, I do have my athletes do curls nowadays. I, that was like, super oh, taboo right. like 10 years ago you had somebody do curls your strength conditioning coach you might get thrown out of the gym <laughs> so so and, and and i just think you know there's study this is all research based you know studies came out where they, they tested the hamstring how much force you could generate with the hamstrings muscles um from a leg curl versus a like a romanian deadlift and then leg curl you could generate a lot more force well what does that tell you it, you know you, you might need to do that there, mm -hmm. there's different the, the muscles fire differently at different times right so if you don't train a muscle uh to, to to fire in a certain way um uh what's gonna happen when it 
has to fire that way. Well, it might not have the ability to absorb that force and that's how you get injured, you know? So um, I had a hamstring strain maybe like four or five years ago uh, from, from a knee bar. Somebody knee barred me. And I was like, man, this is so weird. Like what I have, you know, I'm, I'm Romanian. I'm, I'm doing RDLs for like three fifteen. you know, I'm, I'm, my hamstring is strong. How, how in the world this guy, you know, pop my hamstring from a knee bar. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And, and you know, I thought about it and I was like, well, when's the last time I actually did a leg curl, you know, cause I, I, I defended the knee bar mm-hmm. by curling my leg, you know, and this guy wasn't a super strong guy, but I was like, it's not going to knee bar me. I'm going to curl my leg right into my, my, yeah. my butt. And I'm going to be my hamstring just popped. And I was like, Whoa, what's well, why, why, how could this happen? And you know, who knows well, how it really happened. Right. But my theory is that uh, I neglected, a single joint, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I neglected them for so long that, um, they, they caught up, you know, it, it kind of, it went over the edge, you know? So, so yeah, hopefully that answered your question about the, no, the programming. 100% man. Depends. It, it always depends. That's, that's so crazy. My, one of my mentors says that he's always like, um, always the context is pretty hard. And, and, and those questions are always pretty funny. Like trying to answer them as a coach, because really you're trying to like stay as general as possible. And you did great. You answered it like the exact like generalities that I would like, that I would expect to hear from, uh, from a coach. Um, and yeah. you said something in there too, with like, um, like how you stay to, to like seven particular patterns. Um, yeah. and I'm so similar in that, like, uh, mentor of mine was like, Hey, just remember that muscles are stupid. They only notice resistance. And it's likely that somebody's going to get a great workout program if you push, pull, use hip dominant, knee dominant, and core dominant movements. And obviously, there's minutia and all side inside of all of those things. Um, but yeah, this is where like, jujitsu gets yeah, a little more yeah. complicated, right? Like yeah. there's neck training. There's you know, right, right, right. So jujitsu gets more complicated. Most people don't need to worry about this. Most right. people for for a couple years just do you know. Okay, I'll just give you the the simplest workout on planet Earth. Is is just like a let's say Monday, right? Do a do a Romanian deadlift, do a, a bench press, and do a uh, like a dumbbell row. All right, there you go. That's do 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 like uh, four sets of twelve to fifteen. Right, mm-hmm. that's Monday. Right, that that if let's say if you have no, uh, you know, you don't have that much experience, right? If you're if you're just if you're just a, a brand new guy and you just want to get in the gym and do something. And don't want to overtrain yourself. Maybe you're starting jujitsu today and you right. want to start lifting today. Just do that. You know, we got a hinge, uh, a horizontal push and pull. Great. That's day one. Wednesday, do a knee dominant. Uh, actually, do a, a goblet squat. Okay, do a goblet squat. Do a, uh, a vertical push and a pull. Do an overhead press and do a pull up or a lat pull down. Okay, boom. You've just hit a lot of muscles. Okay, you just hit legs. You just hit upper body, you, you, you know, the only thing you're missing here is direct core work, but hopefully you're getting that doing jujitsu because you just mm-hmm. started, right? So there you go. There's two day a week workout. And then on Friday, work on your aerobic base, go for a one hour, uh, bike ride, run slow, slow jog, you know, something, boom, there you go. So simple. If people just did that, if I could do that, if I just did that, you know, I would probably be a lot, uh, more fit and healthy and injury free. It's just, it's tough, man. You go to the gym and, and you know, you, you have these clients and then boom, next thing you know, four days goes by and all you did was train jujitsu once, you know? Yeah. So, so it's tough, you know, but like, like I said, it depends. Um, but if, if you, if you work with a good strength coach, they, they will, they should be able to give you at least something that um, is going to help you improve. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think like a, a person like you or I also also offers like a very interesting perspective in that like we do the sport and it's easy to it's easier. Like, for instance, you know, we're talking a lot about core, right? Like how many times have you done like a guard retention exercise with or drill with, you know, your your class or something like that? And the guys are just like, oh, like, you know, they're holding their stomach. They're just feeling their core from like that constant retention. Armbar drill. Oh, my God. Armbar right? drill. You do that for, like, drill. You do that on a minute clock and then everybody's cores are burning up. So uh, I think that's almost like that instant, like, Hey, this is why you should probably prioritize that in some sort of capacity. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, there's, there's, yeah, I, dude, I enjoyed this conversation today. Uh, I, I was so glad to get you on the show and um, hearing your perspective is probably going to be great for all the jujitsu folks that are out there listening to me uh, and, and this conversation. So um, my only parting question that I have, I love like a little personality question at the end. It's nothing crazy. It's not going to like throw anybody off. But um, for me, advice was always huge, right? As far as like when I get it from like a mentor or something like that, what would you say is the the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from any mentor or person, family member, any of that stuff? Man, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, if you, again, if you look at my Instagram, um, there's, there's a couple highlights. There's, there's, I call them life lessons. Yeah. There's like three of them. And there's so many things in there that I would say is advice that if I, I always post advice to myself uh, or to my following that, that uh, I've given myself, but I gave myself too late. You know, yeah. this question is tough because there's so many aspects of, of it, right? There's the business side and then there's the, you know, there's the advice on the training side, but, I think you're asking me more of like a self help, self development type of question. Right, right. Um, and and I think, you know, I'll 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 phrase it like this: um, the most important thing in my career um, was the my ability to critically think. Okay, so I think if you if you have the ability to critically think, meaning that you can take something and analyze it and not just take it at face value and come to your own conclusion based on the best available evidence out there, you're going to be fine. You know, it's, it's the advice would just be use, be evidence-based and um, try to understand the why and don't just take things for, for what they are, you know, like uh, we can use any example here. Like uh, if somebody tells me, um, Hey, uh, the earth is flat. You know, I'll, I'll be like, well, I let me let me do a little research on this. And uh, and, and I'm not just going to believe you because you're my professor or you're my mentor or you're my friend or you're really convincing. I need to come to my own conclusion. And so um, the advice um, is, is really more of just you need to know uh, the why behind everything that you do and, and what you believe. And I think every time you get closer and closer to understanding that um, and being okay with being wrong and learning from those mistakes, um, you're going to be a better person, a better coach, a better practitioner, better human being, and, and everything's going to be all right. Love it, man. <laughs> Perfectly said. Uh, so uh, Ben, where can people learn more about you? Where, where are some avenues? Go ahead and plug yourself here. Thanks, Cody. Um, so I, I don't, I'm, I'm not the greatest marketer. I don't even know how you found me, to be honest. Um, yeah. Instagram is where I'm at most of the time at coach BZ, um, coach BZ.com. 
um, is uh, just where I have like my YouTube channel. Um, I also have a podcast. Um, it just got picked up by the Jiu Jitsu uh, Magazine Network. So it's on their uh, YouTube and it's also got its own uh, RSS feed. Um, but yeah, you just coachbz.com, shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, check out the podcast. Um, I always try to do my best to answer everybody's questions um, as long as they're coherent. Okay. If you send me a question, it's gotta be coherent. Okay. If, yeah. if, if it's ambiguous and, and I don't understand it, then I can't take the time to, you know, go in and, and, and ask you what you're talking about and ask you this. Okay. If, if it makes sense to me, I will answer 100%. Great, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Cody. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I know that your time is valuable and I appreciate every minute that you spent with me. If you're new to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button and to give us a rating and review. This is how we grow the show and make it even more impactful to people that listen to it. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I post daily motivational content, free training and nutritional information daily. Lastly, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you're thinking about working with me and my team, go ahead and email me at Cody at virtuousfit.com and I'll see you on the next episode.